one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Strategic Wealth Strategies stars. And I'm excited first to welcome the host, Alan Porter. Alan, what's going on, man? I know you're excited about our guest. Yeah, uh, I've read some of the stuff we got. That's you're thinking outside the box, uh, like I do, and saying you know reinvented yourself. And I've reinvented myself a couple times. I retired military and had a mortgage and banking. I'm in a mortgage and real estate business, and now I'm a financial advisor for the last over over decade now. But uh, I really like what you're doing. Absolutely. So our guest is John McEntee. He's the founder and CEO of a new dating app for conservatives, The Right Stuff. I love the name. So you have Thank to you. like, you, you, so you remember, where did you guys first to cover The Right Stuff? I like the whole analogy too with The Right Stuff. But do you have a song or am I thinking across the line with The Right Stuff? How did you come up with that name? Actually, the name was given to me by a friend of mine. She thought it was a catchy name. I think she's very into space. The Right Stuff is obviously a very famous movie. It's been a novel. It's been a TV show. It's been a famous song in the 80s or 90s. Um, so we kind of liked it, and we liked the play on words, The Right Stuff. Uh, so a right-wing right dating app, of course, we thought it fit perfectly. All right, so let's kind of just jump into, John, your background. You've had some experiences in politics. Kind of tell us that background. Yes. So I started as a volunteer actually in 2015 for the Trump campaign. When I showed up to Trump Tower to volunteer, there were about four people on the whole team. So it was very easy to rise through the ranks quickly. You know, I got on the payroll maybe a month later, had a lot of different jobs on that first campaign and ended up traveling with then candidate Trump for the last six months of his campaign and uh, saw him with that historic victory then went into the uh, administration and I worked the first year and the last year roughly uh, in the White House with him. Wow, good, Alan. I'm sure you have some good questions for John. Well, I, I tell you, first off, I am a 100% Trump supporter. Uh, I think he's probably the greatest president of all time. He respects our, our, my values anyway. Respect, I mean, but he, he's not a politician. And uh, But what you're doing with this app and everything, I, I think it's absolutely great. When I when Neil first told me about it, I said, why hasn't somebody thought about this before? I mean, this is just a great idea. Go ahead, John. Yeah, actually, um, actually, the idea has been floated before. People have sort of tried it, and the response has been overwhelming for those people who have tried it. They just they didn't have the team. They didn't have the infrastructure. They didn't have the funding. They couldn't put it all together in a way that we are. And we've been live now for four or five months. The response has been incredible. We're growing on social media. We're at Date Right Stuff. Uh, we have a huge TikTok following that's growing every day. We're reaching a new audience. I think a lot of people that maybe aren't even that political want to be on a conservative dating app because they know it's a little more serious and the people there are dating with intention. Uh, so that's an important thing is you saw who made tons of money in a dating app, uh, one of them, billion dollars, right? It's it's a big industry, isn't it, John? It's a huge industry. Yeah, Match Group is the biggest. They own Tinder. They own Hinge. They own, obviously, Match.com and many others. I think they they peaked at, at last year. Their market cap was like $40 billion. Um, now the market's down, so maybe that's cut in half. But Bumble also is another competitor of theirs. And that's the, probably the second biggest company. And yeah, it's in the billions. Um, we're just trying to be the best and the dating app for conservatives. There's a lot of different apps out there. There's a dating app for black people, for Jewish people, for single parents. 
There's one for dog owners, for gamers. There's one for everything, but there hasn't been one for uh, the identity most important to people, which is political affiliation, especially being conservative in a culturally left country. So, um, yeah, I think we're serving a need and we'll see. Hopefully it can continue to grow. Well, I think it's great. I mean, you're so afraid to do anything because you're so afraid you're going to offend somebody. What kills me is why, you know, 97% of us are afraid of offending the 3%. And uh, I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, I think that's what Trump tapped into, right? The silent majority. And even with young people, you know, if you're on a college campus or if you're just a working professional, you feel like you have to hide your beliefs. You feel like you can't be open about it. So what we're doing is telling everyone, hey, on our platform, everyone's kind of like you. We all want a normal dating experience. We're all, you know, somewhat traditional in that respect. So you can be yourself and um, have, you know, have a good time. You don't have to worry about that. So let's talk about, so the experiences you learned in the White House, how much do you take that to creating this app? The experiences of just behind the scenes, understanding what the thought process is, because you really knew, learned a lot in the White House, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think more than just the White House specifically, which we can talk about, I think living in New York City and Washington, D.C., two very liberal areas, realizing how hostile it can be towards conservatives made me think why this app is possible, why it can work. Um, I think if you're a young person and you're going out on a date, you're doing some research, you're trying to figure out if this person is aligned politically before you go. It's hard to do. You're spending a lot of time and energy and money. And um, if you don't align politically with with someone in today's climate, it's really hard to date. Uh, so, yeah, just, I think just living in D.C. and New York kind of opened my eyes to that. Well, living in living in New York City right now, that's, that's kind of dangerous to me. I can't yeah. going on there or in all, all these liberal cities. They just uh, there's it's just unbelievable. I mean, I know people in all of them. They're they're afraid to live in there. They're afraid to go out at night. Because right. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that's why the app is popular in, in more liberal areas, because conservatives feel like they're in enemy territory. I mean, we're based here in Southern California, where I'm from. Uh, luckily, we're in a conservative area in Orange County. But I know people here that they want to stick together. They want to find the other conservatives. And um, I think the only way maybe is to you know grow out of this problem, an easier way to find each other, an easier way to start a family um, with like minded people. And, and what's the whole process of getting involved, being a CEO of a company like this? Because you've been involved in big projects, big campaigns. This has to be the biggest for you. Yeah, this is the biggest. So when we left the administration, um, two colleagues of, of mine and my co-founders, we were thinking of what to do next. And we wanted to stay somewhat involved in the conservative movement, but we wanted to do something different. And obviously, the alternative tech things are popping up. You see the alternatives to Twitter with True Social and Gitter and Parler. Um, so we knew something in tech would be fun. Social media was already tapped into. The idea for the dating app came from some friend of, friends of ours, and we thought about our own experiences dating. And, you know, we could talk about this, too, is what's on the other current platforms, how left-wing it is. It's not just the people themselves, which are left-wing, but the companies are actually promoting... And it's kind of really in your face. So we wanted to create it for that. So once we were thinking about it, we met with an investor. We pitched him on the idea and he was our initial seed round. Um, and we've been 
managing off of that, we run a really lean operation. We'll probably have to do one more round of funding here uh, just to get us through, especially if we want to do a big marketing blitz this summer. But that's kind of how we started it. And that was about a year and a half ago. And we've been working on it ever since. Impressive stuff, Alan, isn't it? Oh, it's you know, fascinating. I mean, uh, the, the thought process that goes into these, I would have never thought of something like this, but uh, I applaud you for what you're doing. Thank you. Now, so let's talk, so you talk about that role as putting it together, this team. Have you watched a lot of the stories of some of these tech startups and even Bezos and stuff like that when you're researching how to put together, build a business like you're trying to do? Sure. And also our investor was very tied in to the early, uh, he was the first investor in Facebook, actually. So he knows how these things work. Of course, I've read his book and read everything on the subject. Um, there's some great books out there if you're looking to start a company. Zero to One by Peter Thiel is the one I'm I'm talking about. But there's some other ones like The Cold Start Problem and um, just a lot of these different things you can learn a lot. But also just kind of uh, just starting is probably the hardest part and it's never going to be perfect. So once we've actually put out our product, now we're getting a lot of feedback and we're learning so much that I'm glad we did that because we're constantly improving and we're iterating on it weekly. Uh, so we're actually going to have a new version out this summer. And then we're hopefully going to add a friends feature where you may uh, not be single, but you might want to meet conservative friends and you might want to join a book club with other conservatives. Uh, so we want to add that option in because we think that's needed too. You move to a new place, you want to find out where your people are. Where do people go on Tuesday nights? Or, you know, you want to join a run club, but you don't want to join it with people that aren't like-minded. So we're going to add a friends feature. And yeah, we're just um, iterating on it, on it weekly, pretty much. That's it. So this is really interesting. And you said the process of building this and all this and then marketing. It goes back to marketing. What are your thoughts on AI now and how it's changed the marketing game? I mean, I've said it now that anybody who wasn't doing marketing right can never longer be in the business. It's changing the way coaches think. It's changing how everyone's thinking. What are your thoughts in AI and how to, to grow this and kind of putting AI involved in your app as well? And the big Yeah, I think that will eventually change um, and it is currently changing. The way we've marketed pretty much is just earned media or through our own social media accounts, which is free because we're on a tight budget, we're running a lean operation. You see a lot of these companies that are pouring millions of dollars into paid ads. That's kind of um, had its day almost, you know? I think it has. Yeah, so I think we're just kind of thinking of it in a new way. People are desensitized to it. If you see an ad, you swipe right by it. So yeah. we're just thinking of creative things we can do using TikTok and other things that reach where all the eyes are and um, just growing our audience from there. And just going organically and then getting the right people and networking the right people together. It has to be, you're building a tribe. You have to build a community of this dating app. It's that's an, it's a community. And more people talk about it, it grows organically. And that's what you right. see in your growth. Yeah, so we're trying to build our network here in Southern California where we are. I think we're going to focus on that this summer. And then just duplicate that throughout the country. Because, yeah, you need to start somewhere, especially in dating. You want people that are kind of close together. Um, we started with a lot of conservative influencers and people we trusted. So the app was kind of um, initially being used the way it was intended to. However, that group is spread out throughout the country. Now, they attend a lot of the same events. They live in a lot of the same places. But now we need to really hone in and focus on just one region and then grow it from there.
Go ahead, Alan. I know you have a good question for him. Go ahead. Well, uh, this will probably be in the future, but it sounds to me like you're going to make a lot of money and you'll be paying a lot of taxes. And that's where <laughs> I can help you. Okay. Um, I hope that's the problem. Uh, uh, you know, that would be a good problem to have. Uh, but right now, yeah, we're focused on um, building our network. It's a free app to use. There oh, wow. is a premium subscription if you want to do a little bit more, if you want to get a few more likes, or if you want to be uh, invited to events, or if you want to see all your likes at once. There's some different features we add in, um, and it's the cheapest option of any app out there. It's just $9.99 a month. But the app is totally free for users, and we feel like that's the best way to go for right now. So you say it's free for users. You you still pay nine ninety nine a month, right? But free like no, no, it's free unless you want to upgrade, uh, oh, okay. which about ten percent of the people do. But the free experience is perfect, and people love it. So how do you make money from that if you're going free? I'm just interested in that question because this, this is a lot, a lot of marketing questions to my marketer. I'm just intrigued by this. Yeah, um, no. So uh, you just make money off those premium subscriptions, um, which is usually around. 10% of your users. Ours is probably higher. It's probably approaching 15%. Uh, so as the user base grows, you know, that 10 or 15% grows into a good chunk of money. Um, we're at about 50,000 users right now. And I'd say, you know, we're hoping to be at several, at least 200,000 by the end of the year. So you take that, um, cut 15% of that, each pay 999. And that's how you, yeah. how you become profitable. Interesting, interesting, and uh, and those lean times and those challenges, but you, you're you're willing to stay the course like Jeff Bezos, right? We are, yeah. No, it's definitely a lean time. It's called the dip. There's a great book called the dip, and that's kind of what we're in right now. You have the high of launching a product and everything's going great, and people are talking about it, and you're on Fox News, and then you kind of have the slowdown period where you're just chugging along, just day by day, growing, but it's slow. And that's where everyone quits. So we're just not going to quit. We're going to get through the dip and hopefully reach this, you know, escape velocity here sometime by the end of the year. Interesting. And the young people are on TikTok, it sounds like, with what you're trying to track of the day of your dating population, it sounds like. What yeah. And our TikTok following. So we're approaching 400,000 followers and over 80% are women between 18 and 35. So it's great because a lot of dating apps have problems getting women on. We don't have any problem with that. We have the opposite problem. We're reaching out to guys. We're trying to think of ways to market guys. And uh, I think that's just because the TikTok has been catered towards women. And um, I think that's a good thing to have, right? If you have a nightclub, you want to get the women in first and then the guys will follow. You're going to make a killing, man. Alan, Alan is completely right. If the women are there, single guys... We'll go. That's, right. so they that's, have to that's know. what we've been focused on right now. Uh, and you know what? I, I would make a comment now, but I'm trying to stay as a journalist. Alan can make that comment of why men don't want to join. I, I'm, I'm too old for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> men aren't going to want to join because of, they have to be trained in another way. All right. So that's, I'll go with that. I won't say anything further, you know, but uh, it's exciting times uh, what you're doing and how much, so the, you guys came up with this by learning really the, that that was a need. What was your next thing, next stop? Are you completely focused on this business or you have other projects as well, John, right now? Uh, I still dabble in politics. I do have to pay the bills. Um, so 
I actually just uh, signed on as as an advisor to Heritage, which is a big firm in D.C. They're working on a personnel project for 2025. Should a Republican win, let's hope, uh, this will be in charge of putting together a good group of people to staff the next administration. So that's what I did the last year, the White House. I ran the personnel office in charge of all the political appointees. There's about 4,000 of them. That goes from the Secretary of Defense to the FCC chairman to just an assistant at any agency. Um, so there's about 4,000 of those appointments we oversaw in the personnel office. The project I'm working on now with Heritage is kind of just laying the groundwork early and, and going around the country, getting resumes, finding out who wants to be involved, where they would be a good fit, and giving the next Republican um, the ability to just hit the ground running. Do you think it's going to be Trump as the nomination? Uh, I, I would never bet against him. Well, you're, you're right there. I have a question for you. What do you think about uh, Vivek Ramasamy? I like him a lot. I think he I brings doubt. up a lot of good points. He does. I think, he's a I think, huge Trump supporter, and I, I listen to him. He's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah, I think he would be great. Actually, you know, his chances of winning the nomination are incredibly slim, yeah. but I think he's a very impressive person, and I think he would serve well in a cabinet position or exactly something right. else politically. Because yeah, he's a really bright guy. I'd love to see. I'd love to see him on the debate stage with Trump and DeSantis and anybody else. Yeah, I would the debate stage with Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how can how like the Democrats going to have debates? So how do you think the uh, the conservatives can win in twenty twenty four? How can the Republicans take back the presidency? What would you say are the things needed right now to change? Yeah, the I think. Yeah, I think um, there's a few things. I think they shouldn't. I think they shouldn't shy away from the culture wars. I know a lot of people think that. I think the way the country is, people want to know their kids are, you know, what their kids are being taught in school. Yes. They don't want, you know, women in men's sports, all these things that sometimes conservatives think that doesn't matter. We just want a strong economy. Of course we do. But everyone knows, you know, conservatives are strong on the economy. They want low taxes. They're strong on national security. I think you need to differentiate yourself, especially with younger people and say, you know, this is why it's important to be culturally right as well. Um, because things are, have gotten too crazy. And I think the person who does that best has always been Donald Trump. He's the culture warrior, which is why he probably has a good chance of winning again. I think if we can tighten up, you know, election integrity, make sure, you know, yeah. nothing crazy is going on, make sure people are registered to vote properly. And, you know, the more in-person voting, the better. Um, I think if they tighten that up, and if they ride the culture war, I think there'd be a great contrast to Biden. I like their chances. Okay. Well, that's you're right. That's for sure, because our country is not, not anything like the country I served for when I was in the military. Yeah, we got a lot of problems, but I'm optimistic. Um, long term, I'm definitely optimistic. I do think we'll be able to pull it off in 2024, I hope. If not, it's right around the corner. All right. So best place uh, for people to go ahead and download the conservative app right now for dating app. But I think expanding other things is great as well. The right stuff. Where can they go? Yes. So uh, it's live in the app store. Just uh, put in the right stuff. You can download it there for free. You can go to date right or you can follow us on TikTok at date right stuff. 
Um, but yeah, it's just live in the app store. You can go there right now on your phone and um, download it right now. We appreciate it, John. Thanks again for this time. And I'm enjoying learning about any entrepreneur, business owner, and what they're going through, the grind, and coming up with an, an, an idea that's a blue ocean strategy. If some other people take on this strategy to help you, this could be huge for you. All right. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Yeah, thanks so much, John. All right. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show and also, uh, again, Strategic Strategies Wealth uh, stars. Take care, guys.